Rounding third of the baseball podcast, episode 62, James. Lots of historic stuff has happened. The playoffs are locking up. Teams are about to clinch. And we have a rubber match today on Sunday between our two teams, the Cardinals and Dodgers. So lots to touch on, James. Let's get into it. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. All right, James, you know where we have to start. On Friday night in Dodger Stadium, Albert Pools hits home run 699 and 700 in back-to-back innings on back-to-back swings with the same bat, both to left field. The first one was hit off starter Andrew Heaney, a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Albert crushed it, like 436 feet. Second one against reliever Bickford, right? Phil Bickford. Phil Bickford, yeah. (laughs) He catches a hanging slider and gets it right over the left field wall to become the fourth member of the 700 home run club. Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and now Albert Pujols. What a special moment, James. I I mean, it was incredible. It's everything that we hoped for for the season. For it to actually come true is just so awesome because I think if I would have asked you at the All-Star break, no no chance. We weren't on pace. Um, And look, I mean, I'm not crazy. Obviously, the most special place this could have happened was Bush Stadium. No doubt about that. But I was thinking about this. If it's not Bush and you're looking at one of the 29 other ballparks, I think the only other two that come into play would be Angels um, or the Dodgers. Now, I think the memories at the Angels a little bit rougher, whereas like Albert Pujols, and it's hard to say if you're not like an L.A. fan, but like he only played, you know, four months for the Dodgers, not even three months, but like was super beloved. So I think you got to see the curtain call. All the fans were hyped. And what I loved is, like, the Cardinals just laid it on. I mean, they just dominant game Friday night, 11-0, home run after home run. And it's like, that's that's how I want that to happen. Look, the Dodgers are clinched. They're good. Like, you kind of got to keep that moment so special for Albert. And, like, what a Mount Rushmore. I mean, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Halbert Pujols. I would say most of the greatest hitters to ever hold a bat are on that that mountain. And Albert, I think the signs that uh, Max, he's the best hitter that we have watched our whole lives. Someone playing our whole lives. He's the the best hitter. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I mean, if you think about it, he hit 700. We had the shortened COVID season, which had 102 less games that he didn't play. And also he battled a ton of injury issues, which of course everybody does. So that's no excuse. But, you know, if we played that full season, that COVID year, he'll pass, he would have passed Barry, uh, excuse me, Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth and got yeah. the 715. Um, it was just an amazing moment. I was, you know, I was a little bummed that it was on the Apple TV broadcast and not Danny Mac on the call. I literally, after he hit 699, I was like, I do not want him to hit this home run. And I, I want it it to be with Danny Mack on the call with the local broadcast team 
And just it would have meant it would have meant more because he's made so many great calls even this past couple of weeks with his home runs. But you know it is what it is. Can't be picky. I, I, Apple, t- uh, I, I mean you can. Apple TV sucks. Like they they genuinely suck. I'm happy. I think that they learned a lot and hopefully will improve for their media rights going forward. But I think most in the baseball community would agree that's the worst broadcast that can happen on. Um, now I also think. Before the season, a ton of Dodgers came out and were saying, we want it to happen in L.A. Like, we understand it means we're going to get scored on, but we want it to happen. And I think, you know, conspiracy theory me, I think Phil Bickford was like, I'm going to hang this juice ball out here because that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, Phil Bickford, the highlight of his career is giving up home runs 700 to Albert Pujols. That's awesome. Like... For those oh. wondering about the balls, Nabal home run number six ninety nine was returned uh, to Albert and and the Cardinals. Apparently, the people who caught ball seven hundred quote walked. They just left. They were given a bunch of offers by the Cardinals. None were accepted. They have every right to just take the ball and leave, and that's what they did. I don't really blame them to be honest. I mean, Albert even said uh, quote souvenirs are for the fans, so he doesn't really mind he already let somebody keep his one for passing a rod uh we'll see i mean maybe he'll sell it people say these balls are worth half a million dollars up depending on the importance of it and this one is pretty important so you know more power to them yeah and i i loved what albert said here once again it shows that he's just he's great for baseball he's a class act um but he said, and this quote kind of put it into perspective because I was thinking, I'm like, dude, if I home run 700, I get there's value. But I'd almost just be like, I'll give you the cash. Give me the ball. But he's like, yeah, the fans can keep it. I have the bat, the jersey, the hat, the helmet. And it's like, oh, <laughs> actually not a bad uh, haul there. But, yeah, I mean, what what a special moment. I am just so thrilled. September 25th, pretty down to the wire here. Had about two weeks left. I mean, I think he was going to get it anyways. But. To officially know he's done it, career over, none of this playoff home runs, none of that junk, like he's in the 700 club. Just awesome. I think it's the coolest thing we have seen baseball history-wise probably in our life, maybe outside of King Felix' perfect game. Yeah, I mean, there are other ones. I mean, Barry Bonds passing Hank Aaron, but obviously we were a lot younger then. Um, But yeah, I think definitely this kind of – uh, past decade of baseball it was it was a special moment especially just to be watching it live and to care so much and have it on our team and have us be able to talk about it here it was pretty good um and uh, you know we got to talk about judge a little bit too because albert wasted no time capping it off hitting 700 his first swing when he had a chance to hit 700 he hit 700 <laughs> judge has literally, been on a little literally. bit of a slip here yeah literally judge you know, so he hit 60, right? Obviously monumental. Now he's one behind Roger Maris for the all-time AL home run single season record. Uh, he They'll play one more game tonight on Sunday Night Baseball, which we'll talk about, which would be pretty cool to see it hit then um, before they go to Toronto. So he's been, you know, it's been a little bit since he hit a home run. I don't know if the pressure is getting to him. Obviously, he knows all eyes are on him. Everybody in Yankee Stadium's on their feet. So, I mean, how have you kind of, felt about this whole thing well like i actually have a couple thoughts here uh, take leave it to me to be opinionated it's a little annoying look i get it's monumental <laughs> it's awesome i'm happy for judge i'm happy for the sport the biggest thing i i take exception with 
I forget what college football game I was watching yesterday. I was watching college football middle of the day. They cut away mid-game, like just like second and seven. They cut to Aaron Judge's live at bat, which, by the way, that particular bat was just a punch out. It just went down looking. But my big thing is, like, if you're going to cut away to an at-bat, I get it if Albert's at 699 and you're talking 700 club, a moment that we will not see in baseball for another decade. You're cutting away to watch him tie the American League record. It's not the MLB record. It's not taking the American League record. It is tying the American League record. I have personal bias because the American League, to me, is just like, a JV product, but I don't know. It's just like, I get how cool it is. If you want to cut away to 62, maybe, but it's like, let's not act like, like I feel like judge tying 61 is getting more hype than Albert 700. Um, I could be wrong about that, but that's my perception. And I don't, I don't particularly like that. I mean, it's like, let's keep things in perspective here, but I will say with that Zach Hample, um, <laughs> who is obviously the, he's obviously that creep who's stealing baseballs from kids and just acting a fool and berating the Colorado Rockies ushers. Uh, he was in Yankee Stadium trying to catch judges 61st and got completely missed out on Albert going 699, 700. So that in itself, huge win for baseball. That guy's a total creep. He's like 41, like grow up, stop pushing children over for baseballs. Uh, so that's those are all my various opinions on the Aaron Judge home run. No, watch. I think you had some good points. I want to touch on one when you said, you know, how they're cutting away. And yeah, we didn't get to see Albert because he immediately hit 700 after 699. But I think the question there's a question to be asked, you know, like say this was Jose Ramirez who's going to tie 61. Are they cutting away? Like if it's anybody other than Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees, I don't know if they're cutting away from these big football games. I just can't see it. There's no chance. There's no chance. And that's kind of why I'm like, guys, like, I mean, it's cool, but it's not like, oh my God, where were you when Aaron judge tied the American league home (laughs) run record? Like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm not like breaking. It's way more important. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I can even get 62, but it's like, oh, now he's tied with Roger Maris, who, by the way, Roger Maris hopped in a booth. And in his opinion, he has the single season home run record. Which he has a little bit of a leg to stand on because everything, everyone that has passed him is named Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, or Barry Bonds, who are all juice box boys. But it's like the data is not in your favor. You seem like an old man yelling at clouds sitting in the broadcast booth saying, well, I have the MLB record. But, I mean, we'll see. I think Judge definitely does it. I mean, we're talking about two home runs over two weeks. It's actually going to come up uh, – a little bit later, but I have some strong convictions on when it will happen. Uh, number 62, that is. Again, I don't give a rat's ass about tying Roger Maris's record. Yeah, that's fair. I, You know, I'm I'm a, like you when I think I'm not worried about it happening. He's got two weeks, like you said, to hit two. I mean, depending on where teams are, they've got like 11, 10, 11, 12 games left. So it's getting into the point where it's close to being – oh, crap, he might not do it. It's not there yet. He's still got time, especially just to tie it. But say three more, four more games go by, then, you know, it's getting it's getting iffy. I, I think if we're not tied with them heading out of the Toronto series, like if they leave the Toronto series and he's not tied, now you're on a little bit of a, oof, what's going on here? Um, 
but we'll see. I mean, it's still something really cool to happen. It, it would be a really cool moment just to kind of cap off what's been an unreal, unreal um, regular season. And just, and again, like you think about the lockout, if they did not sit down at the table and get this done, we would have never seen Albert Pujols hit home run 700. So that kind of pits in a perspective. Like, thank God they they got that done. And again, like there weren't many games to spare. If this was a shortened season down to 140 games, I don't think he gets there. Um, so thank God they got it done. Yeah, but that's for sure. With with that being said, again, I think there's massive marketing problems with the MLB. The fact that I've talked to a handful of people who had no clue it was going on, and maybe there's a leg to stand on since he got both home runs in the same game, but like the fact that they're not mar- if I'm MLB, I'm dropping. Forty-five, fifty million dollars on commercials, just letting everyone know. Oh my God, Albert Pujols is doing this. Like, we're giving out free Apple TV. Like, you need to see this. It's the biggest moment in a decade, I think, in MLB. So the fact that it's like everyone didn't have that, like, on their watch list, is a little bit like. And again, you're doing the cutaways for Aaron Judge and not Pujols. And maybe there were probably could be Apple TV complications, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Just it's been an incredible season, um, and I think Max. You know, I don't know if you have any more inputs on that, but just a couple other things to kick around before I think we cover uh, what what's going to be a huge rubber match for our teams this afternoon. And we'll look at the playoffs as well. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I think that kind of brings us up to speed on the home run record watch. I do want to talk about a couple things uh, implications just that have happened to some of the playoff teams um biggest news to me Luis Castillo obviously a midseason uh, or trade deadline acquisition for the Seattle Mariners great pickup for them and it's only getting sweeter they inked him to a five-year extension uh now rounding out their staff that has Robbie Ray um Gilbert and um Logan Gilbert and now Luis Castillo for the next five years that is a scary scary staff we talked about it a little bit, Max, that is not a staff you want to face in a three-game series. I mean, that is a one, two, three, bona fide ace setup. And not to mention George Kirby, who's um, an outstanding rookie, and to have him as the fourth option is great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is a huge move. You know, they already inked Julio this year to that long contract, and now they get Castillo, too. This team's almost certainly going to break their playoff drought uh, and return to the playoffs for the first time since 2001 uh, longest drought in the big four and any major sports league. So this is huge for them. And the Mariners are going to be a really, really good team for a while. Um, and we'll see what they can do this postseason. I think we'll learn a lot about the future of this team and see what level of experience they can get from going into the postseason for the first time. Yeah, and again, I mean, you have like Julio, like, and I don't think they're going to make a super deep run, but again, I think this is a team that is a great 10-year outlook. They've really embraced the rebuild, done it the right way. They have Ty France, J.P. Crawford, just some savages um, that that are going to contribute in the future alongside Julio Rodriguez, who is such a stud. Now the pitchers, and I'm happy again. I, I was super hot on Seattle preseason. I picked them to win the AL West. While they didn't do that, you know, they did. They should, and barring a major, major collapse, be a playoff team. And I'm just pretty happy that it's like I thought that was happening. I think they deserve it. I think baseball's better when Seattle has a presence. Um, 
just one of those electric franchises, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., the history there, King Felix, Ichiro, uh, just just an awesome organization. And I love their their color wave, their whole their whole vibe environment. Just Mariners really cool. America's team. I'm 100 percent with you there. I, I love when Seattle's good. It's been a while. And so, you know, I was we were barely born then, but I like when Seattle plays in big games. T-Mobile Park, it's rocking. Um, so it's it's good to see. Uh, there were some other injury news, James, that we can talk about, um, specifically the Tampa Bay Rays. They were losing some guys, gaining some guys. So Shane Baz, pretty good young pitcher in their rotation, goes down uh, out for the season. Tommy John surgery, out for next season, too, with Tommy John. And then Brandon Lau, also out for the rest of this year. Big piece of their offense. So that's tough, but they will get back Tyler Glasnow, who is an elite, elite pitcher who hasn't been on the field for a while after having Tommy John, I think, last year. So they'll be getting him back next week, which is very exciting as they are right in the middle of the wild card race. Yeah, and I mean, that it, it could not be better timing for him to come back. You hope he can come back, you know, and, and luckily he's got, he'll probably get two or three starts in before the playoffs just to kind of get get freshened up, get, get crisped up a little bit. Um, but that's huge. That is huge for their rotation. Again, kind of a tough blow with Baz, Baz going down, but Glasnow is a much better pitcher. Him and McCallahan, that's going to be an unreal one, too, um, that we'll see. And again, the Rays, they just, they're an incredible organization that just the way that they just, they have this tiny payroll and they just eat injuries. They get injured. Doesn't matter. The next man up, next pitcher develop, next ace, next Cy Young. Like they just, develop players and just punch way way outside of their you know their their zone or or their weight class if you think about the fact that they're perennially in the playoffs in a division that has the likes of the Red Sox the Blue Jays the Yankees and they always find a way to get it done Um, biggest worry I have for this team though is with Lau going down um, that like that's a big bat for them and they're a team that's already always going to be strapped for offense um, so we'll see if they can overcome. You know, they still have some great bats there, but one of their better power bats. So we'll see um, how they can compete. But they're they're going to make some noise in the playoffs, I think. That's just their rotation's too good for them to not be able to steal some games and make some things close. Yeah, let's let's go to these playoffs real quick because I feel like I have things I want to say about the Mariners and Rays, uh, but I just, you know, I want to save it. So, you know, we've been checking in on the playoffs throughout you know, these episodes pass going back, pack a couple of months. But now we are just less than two weeks away from the start of the playoffs, which is very exciting. Friday, October 7th, all four wildcard games will be on. And so let's just kind of look at what's happening because a lot of teams have clinched. So the teams that have clinched their division are the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers, both for sure going to be the number one seeds in their respective league. No surprise there. Teams that have clinched the playoffs, other than the Dodgers and Astros, are the Mets, the Braves, and the Yankees. That is it as of now. Those three teams. So you have five teams confirmed to be in now. The Guardians, who have won 17 out of their last 20 games and have won six straight, are their magic numbers one. So with a win today or a White Sox loss, they clinch. Um, similarly, the Cardinals are very close to clinching. And teams like the Blue Jays and Rays and Mariners 
and Phillies and Padres. Those are the teams that are almost certainly going to be in the playoffs. They've still got a little bit of work to do um, because the Orioles and the Brewers are lurking. But I expect those six teams from each league to be in the playoffs. So lots of clinching will happen in the next week, obviously. But that's what the playoff picture looks like. So I say we go AL and NL, James, and just kind of look at what's happening. So in the American League, Astros one seed, Yankees two seed. That's pretty much locked. And Guardians three seed. That's going to be the order. It's going to be Houston, New York, Cleveland. Now, if you look at the wild card race, this is where it gets interesting. And one of the only interesting things I would say left in the race, you have Toronto holding the four seed, a game and a half up. You have the Rays, a half game up, holding the five seed, and the Mariners holding the six seed. So the four and five seeds will play each other three games at the uh, team with the advantage ballpark, and the six seed will play the Guardians in Cleveland for three games. How do you think feel about the American League? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an exciting playoff picture. I think we got what we thought with the AL East going to be having three of those six teams. Um you know, Houston and New York, it's no question that they're the one and two. They they have been the best two teams in the American League for most of the season. I think it's interesting to see how this shapes out, though. Um, I know you've talked a couple times about the strategy of trying to maybe set up so you're playing the Guardians as opposed to, say, playing either Tampa Bay or Toronto. Um, again, I don't know how much of that's going to happen, but it's huge, and while the Guardians, I think, compared to a lot of these teams, seem like maybe the easier matchup on paper, I think they've proved all year this Guardians team just finds a way to win. If they're not the best team, they don't have like they just find a way to manufacture runs and sneak out wins. Again, they are playing the best baseball they have all year, right as they need to, kind of hitting a stride here. As you mentioned, seventeen of their last twenty, uh, they won with most of those being super, super high-pressure division games against the Twins or White Sox. So I think that's kind of a good test to get them ready, having to play that wire-to-wire baseball. Um, And we'll see. Right now it's lined up where we would have Seattle and the Guardians playing, which would be just a really awesome matchup. You know, two great young teams that I think are going to be have a presence in the AL playoffs for the next decade. Um, But this could go either way. We mentioned... That Seattle starting rotation, not really one you want to match up for in a three-game series. But I'd also say the exact same thing of the Tampa Bay Rays. If they drop to that third spot where, like, you know, Glasnow, um, Shane, like, that, that's a tough one, too, right there as well. Um, but, of course, Guardians have Shane Bieber, so they do have one bona fide ace to kind of keep those games going. And, and the rest of their rotation is pretty good, too. Yeah, that whole uh, you know jockeying to play the Guardians. I don't. I don't even think that's legitimate anymore. Like, I do not want to go to Cleveland and play three games against Bieber, McKenzie, and Quantrill. Who Quantrill's like never lost a game at home, and so I don't even think that's like that much worse or easier than say going to Toronto to play three. So I, I don't even think there's jockeying around. Not to mention the guards are 17 out of the last 20 and won six in a row in huge lot high leverage games. I that's not a team I want to play going into uh the playoffs. Youngest team in baseball, fastest team in baseball. They hit the ball hard. They get on base. They steal bases. They're a tough out. Um so I wouldn't want to play them. But from a Guardians perspective, Seattle's the team I want to play the least. 
Uh, I think just going against Castillo, Gilbert, Ray at home, plus they've dominated us. They already swept us once a couple weeks back at home. They've just got such a high-powered offense um, and pitching staff that it's going to be a tough beat. I similarly don't want to play Toronto. It doesn't look like Toronto will fall um, because they've been winning of late and kind of gaining some cushion. But their offense is just similarly super high-powered with Guerrero and Bichette and Springer and Chapman, Kirk, all these guys who can just hit bombs. That That's not really a team I want to play either. To me, it's Tampa Bay. I would like to fall there. Um, I like the Bieber versus McClanahan matchup potentially could steal one from McClanahan. And then I like having McKenzie and Quantrill versus there too, probably Rasmussen and Glasnow. Glasnow is such a wild card because he's coming off a huge injury. So it's hard to really say he's going to just be his, him, his old self. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up. But the AL I think is going to be very fun. I think there's a little bit more excitement um, in the AL. Just you have a little bit more parity. Whereas the NL, it's look, it's the same handful of teams we knew were going to be there. Now, with some exceptions, I mean, I think the Phillies weren't necessarily, they were talked about maybe, maybe making it. And the Brewers um, not making it too. Which, I mean, what an all time collapse from them. I think that Josh Hader trade is going to go down as one of the worst. I think it destroyed the locker room culture in Milwaukee. And sure, it maybe it's the right trade if you're looking on a five year time horizon. And moving on, but as far as having a lead in your division and a spot to make the playoffs, trading away a great closer, shaking your team up to the point where they just fell off the map, they're not going to make the playoffs. And then again, he was, he's been nothing short of terrible for the San Diego Padres. Now he has gotten a couple saves, but I mean, he had a full month where he did not record one save and was just hanging out at a casual 16 ERA. Um, one of the more perplexing trades, um, but Running down the National League, I think, look, the teams that won their division, it's exactly what we thought preseason. Of course, the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers clinched in mid-April, basically. Um, the Mets, of course, been unreal. See what that rotation does, all healthy in the playoffs. On the Cardinals, um, we said it was going to be Milwaukee or Cardinals. I think I picked Brewers just to have some parity, but, um, you know, Cardinals got it done. No surprise there. And not a team that I think you want to play in the playoffs. You know, they just, and I said it last year, I've said it every year. St. Louis is a team that just, they always find ways to win. Um, And they're just good. I mean, they've got Arenado. They have Goldie who are playing nuts baseball, Pujols who can make some crazy additions as a uh, pinch hitter, a DH, some great pitching uh, coming together. And I will say Jordan Montgomery, he's he's been good. Of course, was not able to beat Kershaw yesterday, uh, which we can kind of get into that series in a little bit. Um, then you move on to your NL wild cards, which it looks like, um, if everything stays consistent, which I expect it to be, will be Atlanta with that first wild card, San Diego with the second wild card and Philly with the third, um, now Milwaukee is a game and a half back could make some noise, but I think Philly gets it done. And to me, you really have the top four, you have your division clinchers in the Atlanta Braves sort of as as the it teams in the national league. Of course, I'm, I don't even need to get on my soapbox. I think this Padres team is useless. It's just pylons all across the board. That's a buy. As far as I'm considered, that also is counts as a first round buy. If you have to play the Padres in a three game series, um, I have a similar type feeling with Philly. Mainly their defense is just deplorable and they really don't have good starting pitching. Sure. Good offense, high powered offense, but 
we've seen time and time again in playoff baseball, if you don't have pitching and defense, you're not going anywhere. Just no shot. Yeah, I think coming down to the stretch, at least the two things to pay attention to here, like you like you mentioned, was the NL East race. You know, Braves are still lurking. They're only a game and a half outside of New York. And then the jockeying for that four and five spot. You have San Diego just a half game up on Philadelphia. Whoever is in last place will go to St. Louis for three. And the other one will go to either Atlanta or New York for three. I personally want New York to play the division so that New York lines up with the Cardinals for the NLDS. I just think I'd rather play the Mets than the Braves, as crazy as that might sound. I just The Braves, I think, are just really, really good, especially offensively, and they've still got the pitching. Obviously, the, the Mets have great pitching. DeGrom had a tough start in Oakland yesterday, and they both had uh, issues on the IL, so... Other than that, yeah, Milwaukee's there, maybe. Um, but I think this is pretty set. I'm excited for the NL2. I mean, I'm excited for all of these playoffs. Lots of storylines with these different teams and lots of teams I'm rooting for and not rooting for. It should be fun. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, the way it shakes out now, it looks like the winner of Cardinals-Braves would face the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, again, either of those teams, those would be the two teams in the National League I would least like to play. Um, I think your read on the Mets is exactly correct. Look, they, I don't think they have the offense to answer the bell on the playoffs, you know, when you're in the bottom. And it looked like they did early on in the season. They were just winning comeback game after comeback game. But the offense has just, their production hasn't been quite there. So we'll see, see how that all shakes out. But I think it's going to be fun on the National League side. And Max, I don't think it's too crazy that you're like, oh, I don't want to face the Braves. They are reigning World Series champions, a roster full of guys who knows know what it takes to win. You're 100% right. Uh, It should be very, very fun. And I think it was just important to look, check in on it. I mean, we're seeing these clinches everywhere and things are starting to kind of solidify themselves as we are now, I think, 10 days, 11 days, maybe 12 days from the playoffs. So lots of exciting stuff on the horizon, and I'm loving the teams that have made it. But James, should we turn to Dodgers Cardinals? Big series in L.A. Before we get into that, just one thing I want to touch on. Dodgers perspective, currently sitting at 105 wins. Their next win will tie the franchise record that was also tied last year. Um, And assuming they can pull out two wins in the next two weeks, they will have a new franchise record. Um, I think, look, this Dodgers team obviously gets the credit that it's deserved as far as there's no one in the world who doesn't think they're good. Like they get the credit there, but I think the Dodgers have just been so dominant for the last decade that like, you know, it kind of all blurs like, yeah, the Dodgers are good, whatever, same old, same old, but it's like, this really is, I mean, you know, we'll see the postseason is going to determine from Dodgers fans how this team is viewed. But, like, this is one of the best teams to have played baseball. Like, they are just electric night in, night out. And I think it's easy to, you know, kind of forget that just because you're used to it. Um, again, just continuing to set franchise win record after franchise win record. Um, but it will come down to the postseason. With that being said, huge chance to get the franchise uh win today and tie that record in a rubber match versus the Cardinals. Um, Of course, uh, had game one on Friday, that awesome game where Albert hit 700. The Cardinals just shell the Dodgers into a cave, 11-0. 
game two yesterday, you have the response. Kershaw pitched great, matched up against Jordan Montgomery, um, had some big home runs, first of the career for Miguel Varjas. And uh, so we got a we got a 1-1 series, Max, heading into a game that starts at 4 o'clock today for the rubber match. How do you think this goes? Um, I don't know. I, I think it'll be a good game. This has definitely been a series of two games. Um, I mean, Cardinals came out all guns blazing with Albert hitting two home runs, Newt Bar hitting a home run, lots of hits in game one. And then game two, it was just Dodgers from the jump. Uh, the only runs the Cardinals got were a two-run homer by Nolan Arenado, which, fun fact about that, now nobody has more home runs off of Kershaw than Arenado, and nobody has more RBIs off of Kershaw than Arenado. Pretty pretty uh, funny there. Um, but today, I like the Cardinals' odds with Adam Wainwright. Um, like, who who's this guy even pitching? I don't know a lot about him. Michael Grove? Uh, yeah, so Michael Grove has been a pretty pretty good standout for them. Not an exceptional talent, but he's been in their pipeline. Um, again, he's filling in Dustin May. He's got back tightness on the IL, yeah. expected to not be activated until uh, the playoffs which has me a little bit worried. Um, you know, again, this Dodgers team, just so many pitches out. Gonsolin's still out uh, trying to net a setback. Bueller. So, yeah, hopefully. Well, yeah, Bueller's done forever, yeah. uh, basically, yeah. which is very just depressing. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I actually think that the Cardinals get it done today just on the pitching matchup. Michael Grove, you know, it's not a bad arm, but – like, look, this Cardinals lineup is not necessarily the lineup you want to take one of your first career starts. It's not his first career start, but I don't think he's had more than three starts in his career um, playing in the. I will say the Cardinals' line. offense has been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, we picked it up on on Friday in that eleven zero game, but before that, we hadn't scored a, in the final game in San Diego. But before that, we hadn't scored an earned run in like over three whole games. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see how bad do the Dodgers want to tie that record at home in front of their fans. Um, will sort of be the test. Um, but I do, I give the little bit of an advantage to the Cardinals. Um, now, I think pretty low stakes, especially from the Dodgers' perspective, low stakes, but I think both teams pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. This is just playing for the love of the game. Uh, side note, just talking about Dodgers-Cardinals, I have no clue who the guy is. Someone on one of these, you know, studio baseball shows, you know, Baseball Tonight, MLB Network, predicted that Albert Pujols would hit number 700 on the road on a Friday night in Los Angeles in September. Made that prediction in April of this year and absolutely slam dunked that, which was just unreal. I mean, that's another, like he called the game 700 would happen because there was only one day in September. There was a Friday night road game in the LA for the Cardinals. So unreal prediction there. Yeah, I did see that on MLB network. That guy's actually a big Cardinal fan too. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, so that kind of previews it, you know, we don't really have a bet going for this. We did do the bet for the earlier series, uh, Julio Urias Jersey. Um, well, it was undecided, but that's what it ended up being, which is pretty awesome. Got that. You bust that out. Um, I'm not inclined to make a bet for this rubber match game just because, like, I think the Cardinals win. So right. it would be um, tough there. But the Dodgers are see. minus 155, but. Minus 155. Explosive offense at home. Makes sense. But, James, I mean, they want to go to the lock of the week then? 
Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll let you go first since you maybe you hinted at something earlier. I don't know. Yeah, doing something I, with Judd. Yeah, I am because you know I thought, look, we're at that part of the season where like really the clinches are going to happen. We're really just waiting for the playoffs. So I'm like, uh, I don't want to just pick most games that I would pick as my lock of the week midweek. Going to be pretty useless, like not much implications, hard to like certify. So I wanted something kind of fun. So I guess I'm technically going with a player prop bet, and that would be Aaron Judge home run. I actually think that he ties number 61 tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. And my lock of the week is Tuesday. In Toronto, first game, first Toronto. I have an Aaron Judge Monday's home run first in game versus Toronto. All right, sorry, sorry. I do want Tuesday though. I want Tuesday. It okay. is the Tuesday okay. night game because I'm giving him the one day off to kind of reset after tying it. Um, so I've got Tuesday, Aaron Judge home run in Rogers Center, number sixty-two AL record. So that is my bet. Aaron Judge player prop home run Tuesday in Toronto. Again, we're somewhat aligned here. I've got the same series, but I'm going a specific game. I'm going tomorrow's game, the Monday game, Yankees-Blue Jays-Severino versus Gossman. The line's not out, but I want Blue Jays' money line. I think Judge hits 61 tonight, maybe 62, and there'll be some type of emotional hangover from the Yankees after it. And plus, the Yankees aren't playing for much, and the Blue Jays are really fighting for a spot, so they're going to be coming out. I also like Gossman a lot more than Severino. So I think Blue Jays tomorrow is a pretty good bet. And I like, and honestly, we have kind of the same logic, whereas I think we both yep. think he gets ties it tonight, and I think we both know, okay, a little bit of a hangover game. Um, I like the pick. So again, we're kind of lockstep, same series. I do think this is... Of all the series happening early or the, the you know, early in the week series, this Toronto, New York, probably the most exciting, most implication. Um, so we'll see. Will he get it done? Um, you know, we could get a slam dunk. I don't feel – look, I know I'm going to get – should get pretty good odds taking a player prop like that. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out. So I like it. Locks up there. And we touched on it a little bit, but let's just do the sun and I pick them. Um, I what was wasn't it Dodgers Padres last week, right? Or no? Uh, it was Dodgers Giants. Dodgers Giants, yeah, Dodgers Giants. Um, and we both picked Dodgers, and Dodgers took it down. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, yeah. Again, like there was no question, no need to televise that game. San Francisco, like it's you're thirty games out. Like, oh, actually immediate news break press i can't believe i forgot to talk about this max i need your immediate opinions last week sunday night baseball in um uh, in oracle uh in san francisco's home park there was some images flying around twitter that some of those you know the pop-up merch stands which is couple cards little couple hat racks little t-shirt rack that's just sprinkled sure. throughout the concourse they had one of those in the middle of san francisco the heated 100-plus-year rival of the Dodgers organization. They had pop-up shops selling Los Angeles Dodgers apparel, hats, T-shirts, jersey in San Francisco. And I like I get from a revenue side, look, the Dodgers travel well, same state. They're going to be there. They'll buy up the merch. So I get like the business side. But like that, this is where the business guys and the organization aren't connected to the baseball side enough. Because this is ridiculous. If I found out 
that they were selling just full. And I get if you have like, you know, team shop, you have a hat, one hat for every team in the MLB. Sure. But to do a full pop-up shop dedicated to your rival, I would throw up. I would be disgusted if Dodger stadium was selling Padres and giants gear and garbage like that. And I mean, like, what is your take on that? Because I almost fell out of my chair when I was like, they really are selling their rival shit. That's funny. I didn't see that. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you wholeheartedly. I would never want Cub stuff being sold outside Bush Stadium. Dodgers travel well, and those other uh, teams like San Francisco and San Diego, you know, every time there's a game there at home against the Dodgers, it's all blue in the stand. So they know what they're doing. Which, um, yeah, so I mean, that was just so. I get the business side, but I'm like, it's like you said, I mean, like, you cannot sell Cubs gear in Bush Stadium. Like, it was just such a swing and a miss there. Um, also comedy in that game, the BLA chance that San Francisco loved, they were pulling that out. And it's like, fellas, you are 30 games behind in the division. Like you, you cannot ch- chant BLA. And I mean, even the players are commenting on that. They're like, dude, like, all right, beat us and pulled a 29.5 games back. Like, so right. just all kinds of reasons to be embarrassed if you're a San Francisco fan. So that was, that was last week Sunday night baseball. I think we have a much better game. Um, obviously, it makes sense. You get an awesome rivalry. This will be their third Sunday night baseball, um, and I think it's a great rivalry for it. And with all this Aaron Judge uh, AL record stuff, it I mean it's a must watch game tonight. And actually, a game where I could see it taking some viewers from Sunday night football, which I think since football season started, we haven't had that that game yet on Sunday. I'm with you. It's going to take me from Sunday Night Football. Um, I think they picked the right game here. I mean, it's a big rivalry, of course, but Judge having this moment. Not that they necessarily had this planned, but it's great that it fell to this. There are other good games today. Blue Jays, Rays, Cardinals, Dodgers. But this is the right choice, and it's going to be very fun to watch Judge um, go for this. Um, I think the Yankees are up 2-0 in the series. Uh, I just want to check real quick. I know they won. Yeah, they're up 3-0 in the series, four-game series, 5-4, five, 5-4, four, five, four, So three really tight games coming into the, excuse me, coming into tonight. Yeah, and I, I think we both, at least you hinted at it early in the show, I think we both think that we're going to see 61 tonight. I think so. I think so. Um, the Red Sox have Brian Bello on the mound. Six in ERA at six on the road versus Nestor Cortez. Um, so, you know, a good, good opportunity for Judge to get it done tonight in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, which would be, I mean, that place will go absolutely mental. Um, so, again, I hope he does it. Primetime would be another great moment for I mean, MLB would have just having quite the week here if Judge can get it done within a week time, having uh, the AL record and Pujols all in the same week huge week for MLB. Um, so I don't know. I think, you know, as far as the pick them, I think we're both going to line up on the same way. I think this is a no doubt or Yankees complete the sweep, huge game broom season. I feel very strong. The Yankees get this done. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Yankees get it done, which I would like to add last time they played on Sunday night baseball. We both went against the crowd against the odds against Vegas and picked Boston and were correct in that prediction. So I think we got it. I think we have a great read on how these games are going to go, and spe- specifically the Boston-New York series. 
Yeah, we've made good calls this year for sure. And I feel really confident about this one. The moment, judge at home, it's going to be packed because of that. And I love the pitching matchup as well. Yeah, going to be a great game. As you said, I will actually be tuning into Sunday Night Baseball over over Sunday Night Football tonight. Um, so pretty excited about that. And then next week, uh, we will be doing our September uh, you know, power rankings and awards to round out September. And then we will be at that point one episode away from the playoffs, and we'll do a full season uh, review and playoff preview in the same episode. So you know, make sure you're following the show on Spotify. Pretty exciting stuff there. And then again, follow our, our Twitter, uh, Rounding Third Now, where we're going to be having, you know, clips and just coverage of the rest of the regular season and the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, I am excited for these next two episodes, um, just pre- getting things geared up. And then, you know, once the playoffs start, it'll be great. So thank you guys for listening. Episode 62. Book it.